0: Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of the Way of Ramen podcast. So, I've been posting videos on YouTube, you know, where I experiment with ramen recipes, trying to get better at making ramen. I've said it many times before, I'm not an expert, I'm not a chef, I'm just a normal guy trying to do his best to get better. Well, in this podcast, what I wanted to do was interview real ramen experts and real ramen chefs and learn from them as much as I could in hopes to try to get a little bit better and maybe you guys could learn something too. Today's guest is Mark Hoshi, also known as Ramen Culture on Instagram and YouTube. In this episode, Mark shares his story about how after losing his job during the financial crisis of 2008, he moved to Japan to start a whole new career in the food service industry. He eventually went on to work at some of the top ramen shops in Tokyo, including Menya Ito. Mark also shares the dirty little secret of many ramen shops outside of Japan. It was something that I was pretty shocked to hear. We recorded this episode on the beach in Koalina, so you may hear some background noise, but just imagine you're sitting on the beach with us. Mark was also live streaming while we were recording this, so if he seems to be talking to somebody else, that's what he's doing. He's answering questions for his live stream. Alright, without further ado, let's get right into it. Here's Mark Koshi, a.k.a. Ramen Culture. So, you know, you're a first-generation Japanese-American, technically? Yes. How was the, what was that like mic, growing up?
1: Let me get the mic.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, what was that like growing up for you in California? California?
1: Yeah. Well, I grew up in L.A. Uh, in the suburbs of L.A., called uh, the city called Torrance. A lot of Japanese uh, in that community. Mm. Um,
0: the question was, uh, what was it like uh, growing up yeah, in SoCal? You, because you know you're you're like technically first generation, but a lot of Japanese Americans are third, fourth, fifth generation now. Like my kid's fifth generation. Yes. So what is it like? Was there like a culture shock, you know, for you? Because you, you were born in Japan, came to America. Definitely. Okay.
1: Um when I came to LA I only spoke uh Japanese. Well, I didn't even speak Japanese. My <laughs> first language is Japanese. I I came to I moved out to LA when I was eight months old, uh, from Tokyo. And Yes, definitely. Uh it was suburbs at the time, Torrance uh Majority of the people of Torrance were still white people and not too many Chinese or Koreans or uh, some Japanese, Uh, but that was early on. So I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be American. I wanted to be somebody that uh, I could fit in Mm -hmm. in the community. So I was a little confused about who my identity. Uh, Was I Japanese? Was I American?
0: Very confused. Very insecure. Um, And that's how I grew up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I really feel like every, t- every time I meet um, Japanese-Americans from California, it's like such a different experience than what we have here in Hawaii. Because at one point in Hawaii, it was like 80% Japanese or Japanese-Americans. Yes. And so it was like, I always, I I always want to ask people that grew up in California, like, what was it really like, you know, because it's so different. So how did, that, how did you get into ramen, you know? Because you, you're, you're Japanese. Yes. Ramen's Japanese or Chinese to Japanese, you know? But how did you get into it? Uh, my mom... Was uh, she was a homemaker? Uh,
1: Her degree was in food and nutrition in Japan, so she would always uh, make amazing Japanese food at home. I love you, mom. I miss you. Uh, By the way, we're here in paradise, (laughs) where the way of ramen lives. Yeah. Um, Well, I don't
0: live on this island. I live on the other island, but
1: he lives on the better island. Yeah, the the tiny island. I'm here for just a vacation. it's our anniversary, my wife and I's anniversary. It's also my buddy's uh, wedding. So we came out here uh, for a week. And just so happened, Ryan was in, in, in the area. So I'm like, Ryan, dude, let's link up. So that's why we're here. Um, yeah, so. So how, do you, how
0: did you get into ramen? Like your mom? Get,
1: my mom was um, in food and nutrition. So we grew up eating Japanese food. Every morning when I go to uh, school uh, with my height, high shorts and uh lifted up um socks high high high, high socks knee, up to the knees you yep. should always ask me um what do you want what do you want to what do you want for dinner uh-huh. so had a great selection of like um, tons of japanese food just growing up so one of them was ramen yeah i'm 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 more known for ramen but i grew up eating uh tons of food so ja- tons of japanese food um my uncle, one of the reasons why I went to Japan uh, was because during the mortgage crisis, yeah. um, like so, so many other people in my generation, uh, we lost our jobs. A lot of people lost jobs. So what were you doing before you went to Japan? It's very interesting. So uh, I didn't study. Um, so I didn't grow up. I grew up with uh, in an environment where my dad wasn't around. So I, I used to get in trouble a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So... When I was, like, getting to that age where I'm graduating high school, I was just searching for myself. So, uh, what I found was religion. Okay. So, religion allowed me to uh, go into um, seminary. Okay. So, I had a good friend uh, who I used to party with in high school, Uh, always smoking weed, (laughs) uh, always partying, always causing trouble together, and then he just... He chose the religious path, and I I just started following him, and I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you? (laughs) So, that's what I was doing. I was, like, super religious, uh, and, uh, but during that time, um, you know, uh, everybody lost their jobs, and uh, I was into, uh, I was basically in the ministry, basically. Okay. So, I lost my job, and then um, at that time, no one was hiring, so. I remember. Uh, just so happened, my dad, uh, my uncle, uh, he's the guy. If you if you ever been to Tokyo and been to Seven Eleven, yeah. My uncle uh, makes the onigiri, the rice oh, balls, wow. the bento boxes, the sandwiches, all the amazing sandwiches. And I, I want to, my dad, uh, my my uncle's a badass. Uh, he's the guy who cr- uh, invented the wrapper that keeps the seaweed. The one you pull? Yeah, wow. you pull the That's pull amazing. the little. Um, in the middle and then you you spread apart Um, he's the guy that uh, invented that wrapper that's crazy so at the time uh, he was very successful Um, so our family's always been in the food industry Mm -hmm. especially Japanese food industry okay okay so it wasn't just ramen or anything I just saw uh, that Americans were getting all this uh, information about ramen Mm -hmm. in English and I just thought you know, I just thought it was just poorly done. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted my culture and the uh, ramen culture to be represented well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that doesn't speak Japanese, that doesn't uh, read Japanese, that was mm-hmm. bringing out all these contents. And I just thought, you know, I speak Japanese. I've always been in the food industry. And the people need to know the truth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And that's why I started Ramen Culture. Did
0: basically. you start Ramen Culture before you went to Japan or was it after you? It went? was after. Okay. I just thought... Uh, I just thought there was a need uh,
1: of people getting the qu- um, quality content, like information. I think people were doing a great job. I just thought they just they were just misinformed because there's only a few English speakers that was bringing out English contents. Oh, definitely. And I just saw, I was reading
0: on all, all of them and I was like, it could be represented better. Mm-hmm. I just thought. How did you get into the first ramen shop that you worked in in Japan?
1: Oh, so I when I was in Tokyo, I was living in Shinjuku, uh, the heart of Tokyo. Shinjuku Station uh, averages about 4.8 million commuters on an average day. Um, my grandfather uh, moved to Shinjuku uh, when he was 13 years old. Um, he passed away in 19, 2009. He was 100 years old. Wow. So you got to imagine, before the, the war, before yeah. all the... Uh, um, economic success that japan had um my grandpa was there and at the time you could kind of pick and choose your land yeah. so he he picked some nice land in shinjuku the heart of tokyo man so uh, i was living there my grandpa f- passed away and then um basically there's a one-story house two-bedroom available for me to use uh, so i was living there and working at the same time for my uncle and uh it was shinjuku And in Shinjuku, there's a ramen shop called Ramen Nagi. Mm -hmm. Mr. Ikuta, what's up? Uh, Mr. Ikuta is uh, the guy who, uh, uh, the owner of uh, Ramen Nagi. I just remember going there every week uh, after a night of partying. And, um, you know, I worked a lot in Japan, uh, six, seven days a week, 12 hours a day. And just to get that stress off, I would go out and uh, party with my friends. Yeah, And uh, after we... Go out partying, uh, I come home, hit up ramen nagi, and get my bowl of ramen. So, so that just, was your that
0: was your spot, yeah. ramen
1: nagi. I was just like I was like, dude, I want to make this at home, basically. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to work here. I want to know everything about this place. I love this place, and that's how I got involved with uh, ramen nagi. So you just asked them straight out, like, can I work here? Or? Uh, of course, I, I I wouldn't do that, but um, <laughs> I just knew that everywhere in Japan. Um, because I was in the hospitality industry, uh-huh. um, I, so I worked for my uncle, but we, he built a hotel uh, right when I moved over to, over to Tokyo. Wow. So um, he built a hotel. He's like, "You speak English, mm-hmm. you speak Japanese. Come, go work at the hotel." And um, so that's, I was in the uh, hospitality industry, food industry, restaurant industry. So I understood that there's a need for labors. Um, Japan's population is uh, continuing to decrease. Mm-hmm. So I just knew that there's always a need. Definitely. So I applied, got the job, had an amazing time.
0: Okay, cool, cool. And then you also worked at a different ramen shop in Tokyo as well, right?
1: Yes. So when I was working at Ramen Nagi, I was still working for my uncle. Oh. Uh, I, see. Um, I didn't want to uh, just leave my uh, uncle's business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's just, it's, we're Asian culture, man. Like, we, we have to respect the system. We have to respect our culture. Mm-hmm. We have to respect our family. Of course, it's because of my uh, uncle that I was able to go to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. It's because of my family I was able to live in Tokyo. Uh, and I couldn't just leave uh, a great, great job, a great situation. Um, basically, he was raising me up to uh, take over that hotel. Wow. wow. So I just didn't want to leave, leave right away. Uh, I just wanted to see if this is something I was in, uh, that I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was still working at Ramen Nagi and working full-time at my uncle's uh, hotel. So after a season, I'm like, I think I could, I'm willing to do this thing. Um, but for, for me, I just wanted to learn from the best. Uh, so I looked, I, you know, at the time, I was studying ramen, all this stuff. But if I'm going to do this, I want to learn from the best. Yeah. So I went to the highest rated uh, ramen shop in all of Japan. meito, ito. Mr. Sakamoto. Sakamoto-san. I got to just respect and uh, honor the people that helped me get to where I am. Mr. Sakamoto hired me. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's history from there. I got to meet amazing uh, heavy hitters in the industry. I can And imagine. also, like, you know, people... I've seen a lot of people uh, doing a lot of ramen Instagrams recently, but there's a lot of guys in Japan that's always been, they grew up eating ramen, man. Like They know a lot more than me, and those guys started to come to the shop, Mm -hmm. and then I get to have a conversation with them and get get some advice, uh, be educated by the ramen junkies of Japan. So uh, that was a great opportunity.
0: And how long did you work at Nagi and then Menya Ito? Like, what was the time
1: uh, period? Nagi is, is uh, off and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was part-time. I wasn't really committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, for uh, Ito, I was probably there part-time and full-time. Uh, about a year and a half. A little
0: bit of a year and a half, year and a half. That's really cool. And then, so what made you move back from Japan to New York City? So I wanted to... Um, I was living in
1: Tokyo for a while. I loved it, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I miss it. Um, but I felt like America was uh, starting to even grow. The, the interest in ramen was growing and growing and growing.
0: And it's still growing.: Well, Japanese food in general in America is definitely, getting definitely very popular.
1: And, um, but I also got married, mm-hmm. and I uh, wanted to raise my family uh, in America, back in America. I grew up being bilingual. It's given me a great opportunity. And um, while I was living in Tokyo, I met this uh, amazing girl who loves ramen, by the (laughs) way. Uh, She loves E.A.K. Ramen. And uh, another reason I got into ramen was because, again, I grew up in uh, L.A. where there's a lot of Mexican food, in and out, uh, great pho and uh, O.C., Um, If you go to, like, the 626 area, Monterey Park, amazing Chinese community. Um, So I just didn't get—Japan, Tokyo definitely has the the largest concentration of Michelin star chefs. Mm -hmm. But they're just missing on, like, the Mexican, East L.A. Mexican food or, like, in and out quality hamburgers. And uh, now Japan raises the standard— Everything that they do, from cars to electronics, they take somebody's invention and they make it better. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted the authentic um, Mexican food and uh, hamburgers. So I remember not getting that in in Tokyo. And I just remember thinking, I need to make sure my wife, when she comes to uh, America, I want her to be able to say, this is authentic ramen. Yeah. So
0: that's one of the reasons I started learning how to make ramen. I wanted to cook my wife... uh, authentic Japanese ramen. Well, the standards are so high. Like, I talked to my friends in Japan that are ramen fans. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I can't... They're, like, the standard is so high. Like, if it's just slightly off, like, I can't drink the soup. It was terrible, you know? Yes. You know, they say something like that, you know? It's like, oh, uh, that's, so that's, that's what, a pretty yeah. high standard for, you know, Definitely. you're shooting for.
1: And it's a, cu- a country that they don't accept tips. Yeah. Uh, the service is uh, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do it for tips. It's just the customers literally... There's a saying in Japanese, customers are gods, mm-hmm. lowercase gods. And, um, and I just had a hard time understanding it. But once I got that concept, uh, my ability to serve customers, to make them happy, uh, just changed. And so, yeah, definitely, Japanese food standard, service standard is
0: uh, top notch. What does your wife think about New York pizza? New York pizza? <laughs> uh, she loves cheese yeah. pizza, man. Yeah. Good stuff. She loves cheese pizza. Cool. So let's talk about ramen culture a little bit. You kind of started getting into it. Yeah. You know, let's talk about a little bit more like what you're working on now and like what you want it to be. And, you know, I see you traveling all over the place. Yes. Eating at ramen shops. And you were like in South America or something or like in Mexico or something? I was in
1: Mexico in September. Uh, So what I do, uh, what I was doing was uh, I worked as a consultant Mm -hmm. uh, for a huge uh, noodle. the largest noodle ma- manufacturer in Japan. Mm. So they would he- send me out, do market research, help uh, build out uh, ramen shops and also do a lot of consulting, also teach them how to make ramen. Yeah. So that's what, one of the reasons why I was traveling so much. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's what I was doing. So uh, that gave me the opportunity. I was always like eating ramen all the time. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I, I know that there's a lot of people that, when they go to Japan, uh, all they want to do is ramen. I um, I I I come from a different camp. I like to understand the uh, the culture first, and I need to understand the taste their taste palette first mm-hmm. before I understand why they're serving this type of ramen. So uh, what I like to do is uh, yes, definitely I'll I'll eat different ramen shops, but I'll check out different like famous spots like mm-hmm. where the locals eat. So. I'm in Hawaii today from uh, from since Thursday and all I'm doing is checking out all the local spots <laughs> and then I'm going to start attacking the ramen shop because it gives me a better understanding of why why what kind of food they like basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, traveling did that for work. Uh now I'm just uh focusing on consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was traveling so much that I was uh missing my time with my uh, my wife and my daughter. My daughter's uh, here in year um, in four months today. Yeah, and it's also my anniversary today. Love you, Chiharu, Mini uh, Mrs. Ramen Culture and Mini Ramen Culture. Um, and I just because fa- to me family is important. Yeah. Uh, my dad wasn't around uh, in my life, so I wanted to make sure I want to make sure my I'm I'm there for my daughter. So for sure, uh, my princess is everything to me. So. Now I'm uh, more independent, doing consulting on the side, mm-hmm. and have a little more free time um, to do stuff like this. So did you did you try the Simon in Hawaii yet? Oh yeah, I just had it at <laughs> Zippy's. Do, does that count, Zippy's Simon? Kind of, yeah,
0: it counts. It counts. I,
1: I have a list. People yeah. gave me a list, uh, but um, Sundays and Monday seems like a lot of the, these places are closed. Yeah, yeah, so, and Monday. So um, it was, it was yeah, been my it was my friend's uh, wedding, so. Had to run around a few uh, these past few days, but now I have some relaxing time,
0: uh, so I'll, I'll check them out. Yeah, me personally, I actually like ramen a lot better than Simon. I oh, really? I, feel, I feel like Simon was when the Japanese and Chinese immigrants came to America or to Hawaii like 100 years ago. They like I, w- I really want to eat, you know, chuka soba or yeah. shina soba, and they couldn't make it, so they just used whatever they had here, and that developed into mm-hmm. Simon. But I personally like ramen it's a lot better. So, so what what do you think about the state of like ramen making outside of Japan. You know, Japan is pretty much to a science now, and people are still experimenting. People are still coming up with creative, you know, new recipes. Yeah. But what do you think... What do you see... Like, Because you've traveled so much, what do you see as, like, the state of the ramen culture, essentially, outside of Japan?
1: The state of ramen culture?
0: Outside of Japan.
1: Outside of Japan? Yeah.
0: Man, <laughs> there's money
1: to be made. That's <laughs> what, I th- what I think. Uh, a lot of people... I get a lot of DMs from Europe, mm-hmm. uh, in America, uh, Indonesia. What's up, Indonesia? There's a lot of uh, yeah. ramen fans in the Philippines Indonesia.
0: too. Philippines,
1: definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and dude, I love the I love the fact that they're super into it. And um, ramen is an industry that you could. It's easy to get into. Um, you don't have to go to culinary school. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to culinary school. I didn't school. go to culinary school. And It's also, uh, the market for ramen, like, people could afford $10, $15. Uh, In Japan, by the way, is, you could buy chukasoba for 390 yen at hidakaya. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, that's what I like about ramen. It's not really pretentious. It's just everyday people food. Yes. It's very high quality. So
1: So it's cheap. Uh, College kids could go. High school kids could go um, and grab it.
0: As far as like ramen shops that you eat, that you've eaten at outside of Japan, yeah, like are they are they implementing like Japanese style techniques to make ramen? <laughs> the beer is going. Over. Um, or are they are they kind of like, you know, reverse engineering the final product and saying I think this is how I make it. Like what have you seen? Because I, I like like you've said earlier. Like I've seen a lot of English recipes for ramen online. And a lot of it seems to be reverse engineered in the sense where they, I think this is what kind of goes into this taste and makes this taste, but it's not like, you know, in Japanese style ramen, you have the tare, komiabura, you know, you have these things and you have like an order that you do with things. Yeah. Like what have you seen when, you, when you've been traveling? Has it, has it been a lot of like traditional authentic Japanese styles of preparation or has it been like a, you know, their take on creating ramen?
1: I'm going to disappoint a lot of people. Um, I'm going to disappoint a lot of people, but there's a lot of pre-made stuff. So, uh, (laughs) the secrets, the industry secrets are leaking out, (laughs) but I don't, I'm not working in the industry anymore. So, uh, before I can like, yeah, yeah, yeah. be upfront about that, but there's already places that already sell soup. Uh, I'm not going to name brands. Yeah. Um, because I know all these guys in the industry and uh, they're my friends. So, yeah. Of course. Um, but there's money to be made, so it, it makes sense for them to do that. And then these businesses, uh, guys who want to open up ramen shop, a lot of them don't know how to make ramen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but all you have to do is have the pre-made stuff, pre-made uh, product A, pre-made product B, soup, the five elements. You have that, and then you're, you're good. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I had no idea. But I do see guys who want to be the best. Th- those are the guys that I, I, I relate to, mm-hmm. because they don't want to do half ass. They want to be the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's guys who want to make money. I, 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 get, I get that. They're, they're businessmen. Yeah. Um. So I get it. But when when a guy says, "Hey, I want to learn how to make ramen from scratch," yeah, then I'm like, okay.
0: I'm well, like,
1: very. I'm an open book, man. Yeah. Um. And they're sincere, they're genuine, because they want to bring quality ramen in their community. Then i am say, uh, then that's when I'm like, dude, we're friends, we're family. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll help you with that because ramen culture is about that. If we continue to raise the standard of quality ramen, all these shops that's doing a half-ass, mm-hmm. they're going to have to pick it up. Yeah. And that means if they start picking it up, everyone's going to start having higher quality ramen.
0: That's really cool. I had no idea. I thought everybody was making everything from scratch. how naive I am. Not everybody. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's get into some questions from people. So I put it up on Instagram and YouTube that I'm going to be interviewing you.
1: What's up, Instagram? Yeah, and I
0: got a bunch of stuff. Let me see. What's up, Tokyo?
1: What's up, Torrance?
0: Gosh, it's like...
1: Man, y'all at the beach and I'm freezing my ass off in Ohio. CG Custer. What's up? Yeah, I came from New York. It was freezing out there, too. (laughs)
0: Where is the where the, where did the questions go? Oh, here they are, right um, way,
1: I'm here with Way of Ramen. He has a YouTube channel.
0: Uh, check
1: it out. Follow him.
0: This is going to be the first podcast. Way of Ramen. Yeah. His first podcast. Yep. First guest. The most important oh. guest. That's what they say. Okay, so so there's there's a couple of questions about vegan ramen. I'm not sure how vegan, vegan ramen. Man, yeah. Familiar with vegan You're good, ramen, man. but. What are the most important? This is from uh, Shannon Rosalie, I think. Shannon Rosalie. Yep. And so, what are the most important flavor substitutes when cooking vegan ramen? When you know, because you can't use the bones, you can't use the pork, uh, the the fats derived from animals. Like, what do you think are the most important kind of like good flavors that you can use to substitute when you're making vegan ramen?
1: Uh, It really depends. If you want to have like a creamy flavor, Mm -hmm. or Uh, A little more clear broth. So clear broth, you could just use kombu and uh, shiitake and make, or vegetables, throw it in there. Um, If you want creamy, you could um, use potatoes, make it a little bit thick.
0: Like soy milk? Uh, Soy milk, uh, almond milk. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah,
0: very easy. What about like the, the fat component? What can you do with that? Fat component? Just, just use
1: vegetable oil, oil. Uh, and use uh, make aroma oil. Nice, like negi aroma oil. Anything vegetarian? Garlic aroma oil.
0: Um, if you don't know how to make aroma oil, check out my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, check out Ramen Culture on YouTube. All right, next question is from Tom from Vermont, and he says, "At what point is a bowl of ramen just noodle soup? What defines a bowl of ramen?" Uh, so. Pasta is noodle. Okay. Right?
1: Vermicelli is noodle. Yeah. Um, And there's all these other kinds of noodles. But what ramen is, makes ramen is um, the kansui that's Mm -hmm. in the flour. Um, And the alkaline water makes it into basically ramen noodles. So that's the, the simple answer for you. It has to have alkaline water in there to make it into ramen. So... I get it uh there's a lot of places that have uh veggie non uh, gluten gluten free ramen and they 'll put like rice noodle in there but there's no such thing technically uh
0: a gluten free ramen bowl. if you want to go authentic right yeah yeah, yeah good stuff.
1: but i uh, but because you need options for your customers yeah. uh it, it makes sense you could name it ramen but technically mm-hmm. but i'm not
0: I'm not too technical, so you could do what, you could name it whatever yeah. you want. It's a business, so... When, when Japanese people hear the word men, are they thinking about chukamen or are they thinking about just, like, pasta or anything? Is like, the first thing that comes to mind, because if you just translate it, men means noodles, right? But, yes. But when, when they think about men, is it, are they imagining, like, alkaline, like, kansui noodles, or are they imagining just, oh, yeah, pasta and ra- uh, ramen noodles and, et cetera, black bean noodle and rice noodle... <laughs> I, 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 that's a good question, man. Yeah.
1: Let me call my mom. <laughs> well,
0: I you th- don't have to. Uh, that was my question. So you don't I, have to. I think it's.
1: Man, man, man.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the ramen
0: men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ramen. Yeah. Ramen, right? Chukamen.
1: Chukamen. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, let's see what else we got. So, um Ramen Onegai responded with. Um, ramen Onegai. What's
1: up? Ramen Onegai. Yeah.
0: Got Thanks t- for following me. Any tips for aspiring ramen chefs and how to spread the ramen culture?
1: Contents, contents, contents. I agree. Keep pushing out contents. What Your 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 journey of becoming that amazing ramen chef. I think ramen only guys in Europe. I, I, I think I so. Think, I think you're in Europe. And uh, the Europe, I know you have, in your, you guys in Europe, you guys have a difficult time getting uh, access to noodles. So... Uh, but I th- I know people in the industry they're trying to push it out there so uh, there's a market for it so it's it's just going to continue to grow um, and I think it's just content it's just growing making different broth different noodles and if you start teaching from your YouTube channel or your Instagram channel uh, you become better at what you're doing um, because once you teach then you become an expert of what that recipe that you made is all about so I feel like you just keep, keep doing what you're doing, and ramen, Oga, guy, you're doing a good job. So I think it's it's. I see you. I see you on Instagram, and you're doing a good job.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. How, like these people that are just like everywhere, but they're just as fanatical about making good ramen. Yes. Like all over the world. That was the craziest thing to me. Like I never, because like I said, you know, like you said, you search around the internet for ramen recipes, and you have like these completely inauthentic recipes and methods of you know tsukurikata is like completely wrong. But then, you yes. then then when I started putting out videos, I started finding all these kind of people that are just, like, super into it and know a ton. And it's all just self-taught, you know? That's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. So, Ryan Wants Ramen. This is not me, by the way. This is a different Ryan. Ryan, Ryan. Ryan Wants Ramen? Ryan Wants Ramen on Instagram says, tips for making noodles in large quantities besides a hand crank pasta roller. <laughs> you don't really make noodles, right? You just Because you work worked at, like, a noodle place. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Noodles take a long time. Yeah, noodles, is, noodles um, is tough. You have to pick and choose. You got to sacrifice some <laughs> things. You keep posting on Instagram, uh, or making noodles and pounding that baby. You yeah, know, like yeah. large quantity. Large quantity. You got to. <laughs> why, Ryan? Why are you asking me that? Do you have a shop or? He wants to make a shop, probably. Okay, talk to me about uh, large quantity. I I could recommend you a. Basically, you, you need a you need a new noodle machine that's going to cost you about uh, twenty thousand to forty thousand dollars. Is that how much those things cost? Those things. I was looking at them, but they don't put the price on the internet. Of course not. <laughs> there are, there's different uh, noodle
0: uh, making machines out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at it. I was like, oh, maybe I'll just buy one of these. But if they're twenty grand, I'm not gonna. There's a number of them. Um, and
1: I I don't I don't promote. Like brands and stuff, uh-huh. so I, I'm not going to mention any of. But if you DM me, I can. I'll tell you later <laughs> okay, cool, behind cool. the scenes, and then yeah? you could DM me, and then you, I'll I'll tell you. Um, but large quantity, you got to get a noodle machine, and um, that's the, the that's the only way. You can make about 100 uh, servings per hour with a large nice machine. I have a little ma- uh a machine that's. Um, no longer in production. Um, it's called Onose Menki. Uh, you crank it. It's very old. Um, oh, I've seen those before. It's not in production anymore. You can only get it in Japan. So, uh, if you need information about that, they sell on Jap- Japan's Yahoo Auction, uh, and you can access it. But you need somebody in Japan to ship it to you. So, cool. But if you if you're interested, I could help you get that stuff. Cool.
0: So, this is questions from YouTube now. So, Orca Green said, uh, asked... What's his what, name? Orca Green. Orca Green. Yep. What's up? What is your favorite type of ramen?
1: My favorite type is EAK ramen. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, because my wife and I... Like, in Japan, it's just... just girls don't go out to eat ramen mm-hmm. by themselves. Is it always like a date or something? Or no, it no. Something? It's not even a date. Uh, it's a dude's thing. Oh, really? It's a guy thing, right? So, a lot of dudes would go eat ramen after they're drunk uh-huh. and all that so it's it's hard for girls single girls a cute girl like my wife to go in there and uh, eat ramen so uh, early on we'd go out to eat EAK ramen quite a bit uh, when we were living together in uh, Tokyo like there was EAK ramen shop that we would mm-hmm. frequently go after my day at uh, Meya Ito mm-hmm. I ate ramen for lunch and dinner <laughs> and then after work, I'll get more ramen yeah, yeah. eating iak So I knew that she, would, she was already asleep when I would come home, but I knew that I needed some time with her uh, just to see she's, she's okay and then just to just touch base with her. So
0: our bonding time was with iak ramen yeah, nice. when I was working uh, long hours. And iak is like shoyu tonkotsu style with chicken and chicken oil. Yes,
1: IEK, uh was originally started by Mr. Yoshimura. He has a famous shop called Yoshimura Ya. Yeah? The ya, the last character in that uh, shop, the ya means house. So a lot of people who opened up a lot of IEK shops, they uh, honor him and respect him by putting that uh, house kanji, I Chinese character that. on there. So in 1974, he was a truck driver, and then he opened up his uh, ramen shop, Yoshimuraya, in Yokohama area, and then it just it blew up, man. Wow. I think it just, people understand it, it was... People in Tokyo love shoyu ramen. People in uh, Kyushu loves, down south loves tonkotsu ramen. He just basically brought it all together, yeah. uh, mixed it together, and then created a IEK ramen. So it's amazing. I think America, you know, if, you, if, if they do it right, like how they do it in Japan, in America, like it'll blow up. <laughs> it'll blow up.
0: Yeah, EAK is phenomenal. This, this next question, I don't think I can ask, ask it on the thing, but I'll let you just read it if you can see it. It's kind of like...
1: It's in Japanese? It's
0: not in Japanese, but it has Japanese words in it, the second comment.
1: <laughs> Where
0: is it? Where's the best flower?
1: Which is the best flower to use? No, no, the one home? right
0: above that. Don't read it out loud. Or you can if you want to.
1: <laughs> ask him if it's okay to propeller your ching ching at on Onsen. Thanks, looking forward to the podcast.
0: <laughs> do you know that guy? No, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can answer that if you want to or not.
1: Yeah, when you're in uh, grade school, <laughs> um, you're, 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 fr- you're free to do whatever you want. And also, if you're around your dudes, yeah,
0: your friends, you friends?
1: <laughs> I'll do that in front of my friends. I'll do that. <laughs> it's
0: like, hey, guys, remember? Remember yeah. this? Swinging the hammer. All right, What's the best flour to use to make ramen noodles? This is from John Appleseed. Flour noodles.
1: <laughs> oh, that's um, right.
0: They have, in Japan, they have, like, flour made specifically for noodles, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: So, America, okay, I'm going to uh, shoot out brands, so... Uh, because these guys specifically do uh, ramen noodle flours. So, uh, Nishin Seifun and Nippon. Nishin uh, Seifun and Nippon. Um... They make flowers, and they also purchased uh, flour mills in Canada. Seifen did, and uh, if you could contact their sales rep, they'll give you access, they'll give you like samples. Oh, nice. Uh, what's What's difficult about getting samples is that you got to be you have you have to have a business,
0: right? A lot of these places. Mm-hmm. So, do you have to order large quantities if you yeah, want to get? So it right?
1: these bags they come in like twenty five pounds. Jeez. 25 pound bags, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it's 25 pounds. No, 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 more than 25.
0: 25? 20, yeah, yeah, yeah 25, 25 pounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. 25 pounds right. yeah. bags. So it's, it's not like you could use it all at once. Yeah, unless you have one of those industrial mixers and you're making. Yeah. You know. So like, so that that's another thing, man. There's I, I see that there's so many
1: people that's out there that, that needs these products, mm-hmm. but they don't want to purchase like the whole bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I, agree. I know there's a need and. I'm I'm listening to you guys. I'm, I know people in the n- industry, so like, there's, in order for us to continue to expand the ramen culture, they have to. There's a market for it, so I don't know why would they wouldn't make smaller portions. Yeah,
0: there's there is a company in um that started in Hawaii called the Rice Factory. I think they're in New York City now. Okay, and they just would import really high quality rice from Japan and sell it to like first they started selling it to restaurants, but then they started selling it direct to consumer. And, uh, yeah, their rice is phenomenal. Like, it's a it's level above what rice you know, can normally get in America. And I think they just opened the New York location, too. So they're supplying I I uh, really high-quality rice, to
1: Sponsored ads by
0: them. Oh, really? I think I've
1: seen some sponsored yeah, they ads o- Yeah, they them. only
0: started, like, a couple years ago. And so it's pretty crazy. So I, Rice I can, is good. I can definitely see the same thing happening for, you know, high-quality flour for noodles and things like that. So that's basically all the questions I have. Do you have anything else you want to say? Or
1: uh, yes. Uh, Mr. K. S. S. short? what's up I think he's in Europe uh, is there a good vegan ramen yeah there's I've had like one. some of the time, sometimes like if they know how to make good vegan ramen I just you know some places like oh this is a question from my uh, Instagram live uh-huh. viewer and um, sometimes people don't give out the best vegan ramen like it just gives them a option like a yeah. vegetarian uh, we need an option for vegetarian customers but yeah there's definitely I'll I'll, I'll DM you man like <laughs> I'll give you a good recipe cool cool
0: yeah.
1: uh what was any questions No I mean just
0: like any shout outs to anybody you want to shout out or you want to talk about like what you're going to do from here on out because like you said you're more independent now yeah you have your grand plan that you're going to be executing over the I'm m- going
1: to be doing a lot more Japanese food products uh just ramen Ramen is is definitely gonna always be my uh, focus, um, but I just feel like there's more to enjoy a fuller experience with eating ramen. I just feel like introducing different Japanese food um, is gonna help your palate of uh, being able to um, enjoy ramen. I just I. I also have a YouTube channel I want to start uh focusing a little bit more, yeah, um I know you guys are all asking me for recipes and more videos uh my partner Hiroshi he's uh in Tokyo and uh just need to have him back <laughs> um he did my wedding video and all that like he's a good friend of mine, and uh, we're both like we read your comments we're excited like all that um that you guys are excited so. Uh, I want to focus more on that. Um, but, yeah, uh, my heart is to continue to expand the lowercase ramen culture. Um, and that's about it, I think. I don't know. Every My, my priority is my family. Of course. And if it's going to take away my time from my family, I'm not going to, like, force things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very relational. Um, I look for people that I could trust. I look for people that I could genuinely uh, talk to and also uh, be partners with in this mission of growing the ramen culture. So guys like you, man, like the way of ramen.
0: Dude. Um, how did this even happen, man? <laughs> you're just a nice guy. I just said, hey, you know, you want to come on a podcast? And you're like, I'm going to be in Hawaii this time. And I just flew here. Sweet. Yeah, he, He's he just flew, a really nice guy. So He flew uh, 45 minutes. No, it was like 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. It's a twenty-minute. I need to come visit yeah. you. Yeah, you should come to Kauai. Kauai is really
1: cool. Um, but that's that's it, man. Like I think I don't know. I'm very open, so um, I have nothing to hide unless you're tr- trying to take advantage of me. Uh, I could try to f- I could pretty filter <laughs> shit shit out like that. Um, but I'm very open uh, to giving people advice and about social media or about Japan or anything. So. I'm, I'm in the industry so I know a lot of people in the industry so um, it's a small ramen world I know people a lot of people in Japan look so a lot uh, I've, I've got I've gotten I, this is good advice I think okay I've gotten uh, questions about how can I learn how to make ramen yeah I want to open them up my own shop um, can you teach me or can you help me I'm like the best way the best advice I could give you is go to Japan Get a visa to teach English and work part-time at a ramen shop. That's some good advice for, uh, for These young ramen people. shops, they pay uh, low wages um, because it's a ramen shop, man. They're trying to push out tons of bowls in a 10, 10 12-counter seat restaurant. Imagine you doing that at your, at your location. It's in your community. It's hard to make money. So they're not going to pay you a lot. But you're going to learn way more. You're going to make better ramen than anybody else in America or Europe. And, shoot, you get to live in Tokyo or Japan or wherever, Osaka. Uh, if you need recommendation, I know people uh, that that could hire you. And um, But you have to be committed. If I recommend you, you have to fucking work your heart, yeah. heart out, you know. Because like, these are my friends. And I can't just... It's your
0: It's your reputation on the line. My you know?
1: reputation. Yeah. So... But if you have a goal, if you have what it takes, hey, man, it's a good sacrifice. It's a good sacrifice. That's what I did. I uh, had a good job, uh, stable uh, income, and I took a huge pay cut to work at um, one of the top ranked ramen shops in Japan. So,
0: good. That's some good advice to close that out. And wow, we went like 42 minutes. That's perfect time for podcasts. Yeah, it's really good. I really appreciate it.
1: No, thanks for your time, yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, it's Mark Hoshi from Ramen Culture. Check him out on YouTube and Instagram. He's like, you know, I I never told you this, but like, I started, I didn't even know about you when I made my first ramen videos. Oh, okay. And then I found it like months later and I was like, holy crap, like, why do I even, I don't even need to make videos anymore because, you know, you're making them. I'm sorry, I haven't (laughs) made any in a long time. (laughs) Because I don't know what I'm doing and you actually know what you're doing. So, I'm just like, but, but once I realized that, I was like, I'm just like learning and publishing what I'm learning and you're like you know what you're doing already. So it's cool. Like it's going to be cool to see when you start putting out like a lot more videos. I'm really looking forward to it. It's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. No, 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 no. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Cool. So thanks. uh, Thanks you guys for listening and I'll see you guys all in the next episode. Cheers. So thank you guys for checking out the very first episode of the way around podcast. And thank you very much to Mark Hoshi for being the first guinea pig guest on this show. Uh, like I said in the in the episode, please check him out on Instagram and YouTube. He's putting up some great content, so he deserves your follow. I plan to do a lot more of these podcasts with uh, more people who are really into making ramen. So if you have any suggestions for people that you want to see on the show, please hit me up on Instagram or on YouTube. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you all in the next episode.